Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just come to today with openness of heart to receive your word, Lord, to be strengthened and encouraged. You said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Thank you for your script for the word this morning that strengthens us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. I want to share with you just a little while this morning a message that I entitled, Slaying Your Goliath. So if you want to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath. You know, I was thinking there's some Bible stories that even people that don't go to church, it seems they know. Jonah in the belly of the, of the they, they say, well, it wasn't a whale. The Bible says it's a great fish. Uh, Noah's Ark. You know, there's a few Bible stories it seems like everybody knows. And this is one of them, David and Goliath. I want to look at it this morning more metaphorically. Talk about a Goliath that may be in our life that we need to slay. So I want to start this morning in 1 Samuel 17, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered together at Soko, which belongs to Judah. And they camped between Soko and Ezekah and Ephes Damon. Four words in that scripture which kind of stand out to me. It says, which belongs to Judah. You know, I'll just give you a quick, quick 30-second history. Interesting to me that the Philistines lived in, in, the, in the land that we, would, that we would call today the Gaza Strip. There was five major cities in, uh, in, in Philistine territory. Ashdod, Ashkelon, Ekron, Gath. And you know what the fifth city was? Gaza. And I thought 3,000 years ago, People came out of Gaza and attacked Israel, and they're still doing it today. I'm not saying that the Hamas is the Philistines, but, it's, but the Philistines came, lived in the land, which we call Gaza, and they came out and they attacked. And here's, just, we just have to, sometimes, sometimes Israel would go out and attack their enemies, but sometimes the enemy comes into our land and attacks us. And that's why we have to be very strong and say no. In Jesus' name. There's a, there's a war going on in the realm of the spirit. Until we go to heaven, we're going to be a part of it. 
And God wants us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God wants us to know who we are in God. And that's what I like about David. David knew his God. And he came out victorious in Jesus' name. I want to just share some thoughts, glean a little bit from this story. David was a young, was a young man. Came out, he's, he's going to fight this guy, Goliath. I was thinking, what, 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 would the, what would the bookies in Vegas be giving the odds of David if they saw what was going on? A while ago, I was watching a, a video from, a, from an old boxing video when a guy named James Buster Douglas, this, this is in February 1990, James Buster Douglas was fighting Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson at that time was in his prime. Nobody had gone more than like three rounds with him. He's knocking everybody out, most of them in the first round. Now, James Buster Douglas was, was taller than Mike, Mike Tyson. He, he was heavier. He was a bigger man. But, his, but he went into the ring at a 42 to 1 against him. The odds against him were 42. No one thought he was going to win. But unfortunately, but too bad somebody forgot to tell Buster Douglas he was not supposed to win. <laughs> it was amazing. It was one of the greatest upsets in boxing. Because in, everyone was waiting for Tyson to knock him out. And in the 10th round, he knocked out Mike Tyson and gave him his first defeat. So you never know what's going to happen. But, but if you, you, don't, you can't look at what's going on and say, well, I'm defeated. If you fight, if you fight for what's rightfully yours, you can win even if, you, even if the odds are stacked against you. What the Bible talks about this guy, Goliath, he was a giant of a man. Listen, listen to what it says. A champion, verse 4, Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. You know how tall that is? That's over nine feet tall. Now, I, one of the reasons why they describe Goliath in detail is because they want us to see just how big he was. They didn't just say, the Bible could have said he was a giant of a man, and we all would have an image of what a giant of a man is. But, but when someone is that big, it's a, it's a, it would, you have to see it in your mind's eye. I remember years ago, my wife and I went to a, a, a conference in New Jersey, and one of the people that went to this, this church in New Jersey was Willis Reed. If you don't know who Willis Reed was, he was, he was a basketball player. He was seven feet tall. And I remember walking down the aisle one time after one of the meetings. The meeting was over. Everybody's leaving. The aisle was kind of crowded. And it, every, everyone's about like, you know, like this. And here's this one person. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, literally head and shoulders above everybody else. Just a, And I was thinking of what the Apostle Paul, what, what the Bible says about King Saul. It says King Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else in the land of Israel. He was, he was figuriously tall. And this guy, was seven, he was seven feet tall, but Goliath was nine, over nine feet tall. He was a huge man. Strong. Impossible. I mean, he, he seemed absolutely invincible. There's no way that anybody could ever beat this guy. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was clothed in scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had a bronze greaves on his legs and bronze javelins slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. And he carried, and his shield carrier also walked before him. 
and he shouted to the, so he shouts to the troops of Israel, and what does it say? In verse 11, it says, when Saul and Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were, they were scared stiff. The whole army of Israel was, was afraid of this guy. Sometimes. And then, and then skip down just a little bit to verse 20. David comes on the scene. His father sent him. His father, David, you know, David did not go there to fight Goliath. David went there because his father gave him some food and said, bring this to your brothers. You know, the Israeli army back there didn't, didn't have a chow hall. It wasn't like, you know, every once a, twice, two, three times a day you can go get a meal. If you wanted to eat, you had to, people, some, some of them from the family had to send some food over. So he said, go bring some food to your brothers and bring some for the commander. So he's on his way there, and that's another thing you have to understand. God will get you in the right place in the right time if you're walking after him. He needed to be there, but, he, but not as part of the army, because... It says, in the, it says in the book of Numbers that to be in the army you had to be 20 years old or older. And he wasn't 20 years, so he was somewhat, he was less than 20 years old. So he, he went and he heard, the, he heard the Philistine speaking against the nation of Israel, speaking against the armies of Israel. And he said, who is this? And he got mad. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? Now, when he, when he used that word uncircumcised, to me, that's a direct reference to, the co- to, to, be, to covenant, to being in covenant with God. He could, have, he could have said, who is this? Not use that word, but use that word uncircumcised. What is the sign of the circumcision? What is the sign of the covenant with God and his people Israel? It's the circumcision. Uncircumcised means he's, he's not in covenant relationship with God. Last Wednesday, Frank brought a message on covenant talked about how strong that is. If we understand that we're in covenant with God, we'll do, we'll do like David. We'll, we'll, we'll feel like we're invincible when it comes against the enemy. That he can't beat us so we can beat him. It's so important. God is for You know what? The Bible says God is for us and not against us. See, David knew something. I'm, I'm just going to be brief. But David knew something in his spirit that no one else in the land of Israel knew. Saul didn't know it. The army didn't know it. They're all, they all running scared. David was the only one that had something in him that said, greater is he that's in me that's he that's in the world. If God is for me, who can be against me? I mean, he, he had that in him. You know, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 11, it says, in the end days, those who know their God will display strength and do exploits. But not just anybody, but those who know their God. There's something about knowing God, not just knowing up here, not just knowing theologically, not just knowing mentally, but knowing in your heart. God is with me. I, the devil can't be in Jesus. So you have to have that in you. You have to build that in you. David had been building that in him. Out, wash, out watching those sheep, just strumming his harp and worshiping God, building that image of God in him. And God prepared him, and God prepared him for the battle. When the words of David were heard by Saul, he said, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said, you're not able to go against the Philistine and fight with him, for you're but a youth, and he has been a warrior from his youth. And David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. And I went out after him and I attacked him and I rescued it from his mouth. 
Glory to God. I mean, we're not talking about a puppy dog and a kitty cat. We're talking about a lion and a bear. There were, there were lions and there were bears in Israel in those, in those days. The servant killed the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like them because he's taunted the armies of the living God. So something you have to understand. God will prepare you for what's coming. He had David fight the lion and the bear so that he'd be confident in who he was. He, he fought some minor battles. It's like, again, take it in a bo- when someone When someone turns to, to, turns to a professional boxer, they don't throw him in the ring with a champ right away. They throw him in the ring with some club fighters. Give him some experience. Let him build some, let him build some confidence in himself. Let him develop his skills. Sometimes God will let us go through things. We say, God, what are you doing with me? Why are you letting me go through this? He might be preparing you for something better, for something greater. And you need, to, you need an experience with God. You need to go through some battles so you can be confident in your God and who he is in you. And God will let you go through, and I'm, I'm not talking about tragic things, but God will let you go through some things to, to show you that he's with you, not against you. And he was, he was preparing David for this moment in his life. Some people have a, a Goliath in their life. Not a physical Goliath. But is there anything in, in the life of... I may not be preaching to everybody today, but some. Is there anything in your life that rises up like this, like Goliath, that rises up and taunts you? Something, a weakness in your life that's been there for a long time. That's why, we, that's why I, I quote that scripture. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Is there a stronghold in anyone's? You don't have to have one, but if you have a stronghold in your life, you can pull it down in Jesus' name. And that stronghold might, be, might not even be something necessarily sinful. It might be something like procrastination or rejection or depression. I mean, you don't have to be out being stealing and murdering and committing adultery to have a giant in your life that hinders you, that keeps you from God's best. Could be, it could be a physical condition in your body that's, that's, that, that, that the world says is uncurable. Can't, it can be treated, but it can't be cured. I say it can in Jesus' name. God is greater than all sickness and disease. So is there, is there anything in, in, if there's anything in your life that's hindering you from being the best that God wants you to be, anything in your life that's, hind, that's hindering your walk with God, it's keeping you from God's best, it may be an addiction. It may be, I'll tell you with me, for years I struggled with discouragement. It would come on me like a, like a, like a blanket. It would just it would hit me. And I, would, I just want to quit. I tell you, I've wanted to quit pastoring so many times. And it's been a long time since that's been affected me. It's been years and years and years. But for, at first, for several years at first, there's discouragement. And I just want to quit. I'd say to my wife, let's just move to Florida. She'd say, over my dead body. I said, well, I'll take care of that. <laughs> but she wouldn't let me quit. But I, want, I, I, just, I just get so discouraged. It was a stronghold. Is there a stronghold in anyone's life here today that needs to come down? Something that's hindered, something that's hindered you for years. And you just, kind of, you just kind of feel like, oh, it's just who I am. It's just part of me. If it's, if it's negative, if it's holding you back, it has to go and break it in Jesus' name. Jesus said, if you had faith this, like a mustard seed, you'd say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would obey you. But you have to have it in you. It has to be in you, not just up here. 
David had something in him. I know that my God is greater. I know that I can go out and take this guy because I'm not looking at him. I'm looking at God. And God is greater. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord. That doesn't mean you take a magnifying, but I picture that. Take a magnifying glass and put it on God. Take it off the problem. The magnifying glass for too many people is on the problem. The problem looks big. Put it on God to make God look big. Make the problem look small. See what happens. But you know the story. David went out there and the Philistines cursed him by his gods. So I'm going to have you for lunch. David said, you come, at me, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the, name of the God of Israel. And I'm going to take your head off today. I love this scripture. This day, he said, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike, I'll strike you down and remove your head from you, and I'll, give you the head, and I'll give the dead bodies of the armies of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. That all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. God is for you. What the Apostle Paul say? If God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody. No man, no thing can be against me. Keep me from being the best that God wants me to be. I just want to say this. If you, when you just be honest with me. You know, the Bible says no man knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him. I don't know what you're thinking. I know what's in your life, but you do. Be honest with yourself and say, yes, I have this weakness. I have lust in my life. I have depression. I have rejection. I, whatever it is. And I've been putting up, I've just been kind of ignoring it. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. I'm going to come against it. Start talking to it in Jesus' name. That's the first thing you see. You need to be like David. David, David got mad. He got angry. Not, not, it wasn't bad mad. It was a good mad. He got mad at that. So you're coming down in Jesus' name. And if there's, a, if there's a hindrance in our life, a stronghold that's been there for a long time, you need to start talking to it. So you're coming down in Jesus. You're not, you're not going to be part of me anymore. I've shared this testimony before too. I used to yell at my kids. I, 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 I wouldn't, I'd put up with their ridiculous things and they, 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 they'd be doing things that aggravate me. I'd just let it go, let it go. Let it, and then I would just, I'd just build it all up and then I'd explode. I'd yell and scream. And I thought, that has to stop. I said, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to be a screamer anymore. But all of us have weaknesses. But don't just put up with them. And sometimes you hear people say, well, I just don't want to go there. Go there. I don't want to talk about it. You don't have to talk about it. Talk to it. Don't talk, don't talk about your problem. Talk to the problem. So you have to go in Jesus' name. Whatever it is. Insecurity. Fear of man. Things that keep, just keep me from being the best that God wants me to be. Maybe you have a critical, judgmental spirit. Maybe you're always just criticizing, judging everybody. No, God wants us to walk in love. So David, you know the story. David went and got five smooth stones in the brook. You know why five smooth stones? I hope you do because I don't. He just took five smooth stones. I guess he wanted his clip full. He wanted a full clip. In case the first one didn't do it, I'll throw another one at him. 
And that thing sunk, the Bible says that thing sunk right into his forehead. And over he went. David took his head off and won the battle. And we can win if we'll, go, if we'll persist in Jesus' name. But the first thing most important, you've got to build in you that God is greater. You've got to build in you that you're in covenant relationship with God. That he's for you and not against you. That he'll make you victorious. You have to build that. It takes time. But you have to build that in you. So that when you, when you come against that thing that's been hindering you, that you know you're going to win. You know it's God. It's not up here, but it's down here. God is greater in me. And the greater one is going to give me victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise God. Father, I thank you for the greater one that you've given us. The Holy Spirit of God who resides within us who gives us victory over all hindrances in our life. We come against all the hindrances in our life, all the things that are holding us back. We speak to them in Jesus' name. We say you have to come down in Jesus' You're coming down in Jesus' name. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I thank you, Lord, for making us, for revealing to us the, the greatness of your power toward us who believe. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for giving us the victory. The same way that you gave victory to David, you're going to give a victory to us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.